This is Jennifer Gonzalez welcoming you to episode 136 of the Cult of Pedagogy podcast. In this episode, I'm going to tell you about six ed tech tools you should check out in 2020. It's that time again. As I do every January, I am releasing an all new update of my teacher's guide to tech. If you are not familiar with the guide, I will tell you about it really quickly. This is basically an encyclopedia of technology. Years and years ago, teachers were telling me that they wanted to use more tech in their classrooms, but they were overwhelmed by how much was out there, and they did not have the time to explore all the tools. So a lot of them just kind of stayed away. So I decided to start cataloging them, basically, to make it quicker and easier for teachers to figure this out. This eventually turned into a big PDF that breaks all of the different tech tools out there for teachers into categories. So there's a category for special ed tools, there's a category for writing tools, there's a science section, there's a history section. This year I have a bunch of new sections. I've got a section on infographics, a section on PE, physical education. Um, it's this massive PDF and basically for each tool that I feature I give you a paragraph explaining what it is there's a link to the website and then there's also a little button you can press that will take you to a video that shows the tool in use so that you can very quickly get a sense for what it does and whether or not you think it will help you in your classroom so I just yesterday put out the brand new tech guide for 2020. It's got over 350 tools broken into 50 different categories. And every year when I put out a fresh one, an updated one, that always includes new tools and has updated all the old information, I choose six tools that I sort of stumbled upon in the last year that I think are worth a look from you. So... I thought I would also answer the question, what does it take to make this list? What, what criteria do I use to choose these six tools? Sometimes I just sort of know it when I see it, when I'm looking at new stuff and I think, oh, this one's probably going to go on the list. But there are some sort of general qualifications. The first thing is that I'm looking for tools that I just learned about in the past year. These are things that may have actually been around longer, but I'm just now hearing about them. So that makes me think that a lot of other teachers haven't heard about them either and that this might be sort of news you know, to you. I'm also looking for tools that are doing something that I haven't seen before, something a little bit groundbreaking that will probably be copied by others down the line. But as of right now, as far as I know, this is sort of the first tool that I've seen that does this thing. This is the case with five of the six ones that I've chosen this time. And another thing that I'm looking for are tools that I would like to see more students using. And this is why I chose number five. Um, for that one, I'm pretty sure there are other apps that do the same thing, but this one seems rock solid in its category. And I think it would really work well in classrooms at all grade levels. So that's why that one is chosen. Beyond that, I look for tools that can be used in a lot of different subject areas, and also those that appear to have their act together online. So I'm looking for you know, an easy to navigate website, uh, an explainer video that makes sense, uh, a social media presence that tells me they've been around longer than five minutes and are therefore likely to stick around a while. So lots of criteria. This is all chosen specifically by just me. I don't, I don't 
really take any tips from anybody. I don't get paid to endorse any of these tools at all. Um, these are just things that I think people need to know about, and that's really it. Um, okay, so before I get into the tools, let's actually talk about two tools that I have been paid to talk about. <laughs> and these are these are not included in the six, but these are the sponsors for this episode. So I definitely want to thank these two companies. The first one is ViewSonic. ViewSonic transforms classrooms into immersive learning environments. Their education solutions drive engagement, energize and motivate students, and make teaching more fun. From ViewBoard interactive displays and MyViewBoard digital whiteboarding software to projectors and monitors, ViewSonic's award-winning solutions are here to help teachers stay connected and collaborate in their classrooms. To learn more, visit ViewSonic.com education. Support for this episode also comes from Pear Deck. Teachers, when was the last time your lesson ended with a round of applause or students begged for their favorite activity? If it's been a while or never, we've got something that's going to change that. Pear Deck is offering my listeners a free 60-day premium trial. If you're new to Pear Deck, you'll be amazed at how easy it is to supercharge student engagement by building and giving interactive presentations right within Google Slides or PowerPoint. Students join from their devices and participate in real time, so as they engage with your Pear Deck, you can tell right away who's getting it and who needs help. It's a game changer. To redeem your 60-day Pear Deck premium trial, just go to PearDeck.com slash Cult of Pedagogy now. Alrighty. Without further ado, here are the six tools that I think you should check out in 2020. The first one is called Floop. That is F-L-O-O-P. And I am guessing that this name is a combination of the word feedback and loop, like a feedback loop. Floop. Feedback is arguably one of the most effective tools for learning. This is something that all teachers know. We also know that the sooner students get the feedback and the more specific it is, the better it works. So Floop was built by teachers to make feedback faster and more specific. Here's how it works. Students send pictures of their work in progress to the teacher. So they just use their smartphones or devices. And then they also ask questions that they need help with. The teacher then views the work, types in comments that are anchored to specific locations on the photos, and then sends it back to students. And this starts a feedback loop that allows for iteration and improvement. What makes this tool unique is the mechanism that allows the users to point directly to places on the work and then discuss them. We've been able to do that with writing assignments using tools like the commenting feature in Google Docs. So, you know, if it's text, we can, you know, highlight stuff and comment on it. But it hasn't been quite as available in other subject areas if we're working on, you know, like a worksheet or something like that, or even with something physical like a model of some sort. So this actually allows you to take a picture of something you're working on and say, hey, this part here, I need help with this. And the teacher can say, okay, this part here, this is what you need to do, or this, this looks good, or whatever it is. My only question about this tool, since it's still pretty new, is I'm not quite sure how teachers are going to manage work-life balance with this tool in play, because I think the idea of it is that this happens outside of school. And so I know that most teachers are not going to want to be sort of constantly checking an app and answering student questions, but I think that's a problem that 
can be solved and worked on. Uh, I just think it's a it's a really interesting tool that offers a lot of possibilities for specific immediate feedback. Maybe students can even use it with each other. Okay, so that's Floop, F-L-O-O-P. Uh, by the way, if you come over to the website, go to cultopedagogy.com, click podcast, and choose episode 136. I have videos that demonstrate all of these tools in use and also uh, URLs to link you directly over to their website so that you can find them. So this would definitely be an episode that would be worth coming over and uh, browsing through all of those links. All right, number two is called Goose Chase. If you are a fan of Breakout EDU, which is sort of a uh, an escape room type game, you will probably love Goose Chase as well. This app helps you facilitate scavenger hunts where teams of students compete to find items you assign in the physical world and then they take a photo evidence at each point and post it on the app. The app keeps track of team points so you know which team won by the end. So it's just basically, it's a, it's a scavenger hunt app. Uh, I heard about this from my assistant Holly who doesn't work for me anymore but she worked for me before and she helped me with the tech guide one year and she specifically texted me one day because she was so excited about this tool she said you you have got to check this out it's so much fun I just did this I guess she did it in a workshop or something so the thing that's neat about this one is that it just offers a lot of different possibilities for fun interactive team building activities it would be great for icebreakers at the beginning of the year it would work really well for new, stu- uh, new student orientation or field trips, but you could also just plug in content from your classroom, from what you're studying, to keep it academically focused, but then you're still getting your kids moving and working together. So that is called Goose Chase. Number three is, I hope I'm saying this one right, IORAD. I think, I think that's correct. I-O-R-A-D. This one actually took me a while to understand. When I first saw it, I kind of breezed right past it because I was like, oh, it's another screencasting tool. Uh, And screencasting, if you don't know, is, um, you know, anytime you've gotten on YouTube to watch a video about how to use a particular tech tool and you hear a person's voice and then they're moving around on the screen showing you stuff, they're using screencasting software. It's where you record whatever is happening on your computer screen and then you narrate it with a microphone. I thought that IORAD was a screencasting software, and uh, I believe one of the people from the company had to correct me and say, no, not exactly. It's more than that. Go, go watch again. <laughs> so I went back and looked at it again, and I realized it's, it's a lot more than that. And this is why I'm featuring it, because I've never seen anything that does what this tool does, and I think it's got a lot of educational potential. What IORAD does is it allows you to create tutorials that are like screencasts but you can make them interactive basically you can set it up so that the sort of video stops every once in a while and prompts the user to click on some part of the screen to sort of follow your instructions and it doesn't continue until the user actually does that so this makes the end product the tutorial a lot more interactive for the user And this should potentially make the learning actually stick better better because they're not just watching, they're doing with you. So I would love to see what teachers and students could create with IORAD. I think it would be an excellent tool for creating flipped learning lessons. Uh, It would be great for teaching classroom procedures, tech procedures, things that you want students to learn how to do. And I also think it would be really great for student-made instructional videos. So that is called IORAD. This is an interactive tutorial maker. 
Number four is Parlay, P-A-R-L-A-Y. And of all the tools listed this year, this is the one that I have heard the most buzz about. I actually heard about it last year, and I put it in the guide as one to watch. But since then, I have just heard more and more teachers talk about the great results that they're getting. It's easy to see why. Parlay has done a beautiful job of pulling together a thoughtful suite of tools for for conducting class discussions. It's a class discussion tool. So... It has a couple of different parts to it, though, from from what I'm getting from learning about it. You start by choosing a discussion topic from their library. They've got a really nice library of good discussion topics. And with them, they include readings and videos that give your students background information. So they're preparing for the discussion ahead of time. You start with the prompt, and then they read and watch videos to prepare um, then you, there's an online component, which is almost like a, like a, uh, like a discussion board, you know, um, like you'd have in an online class where the question is posted and students have to sort of submit their point of view, uh, and then they respond to one another. They sort of have an online discussion. Then, if you want, you can then move to a live roundtable discussion where you're actually talking in a class, and Parlay has some tools that allow you to track and facilitate that participation so that you can really uh, figure out who is talking, the kind of talking that they're doing, and, um, you know, who's talking and who's not. When it's over, then you can look at some analytics from Parlay to see who participated and what the quality of their participation was. So this one is really worth a look if you have any kind of discussions in your class, particularly if you are looking at discussion as a skill to be developed. So if you use the Harkness method or Socratic seminar or really any kind of whole class discussion as part of your instruction, definitely check out Parlay. Their website is actually parlayideas.com. Okay, so before I move on to the next two, let's quickly review. The first one is Floop, the feedback tool. Number two is Goose Chase, the scavenger hunt tool. Three is IOrad, that is the online tutorial maker. Four that I just talked about is Parlay, which is a discussion tool. Number five is called Stop Motion Studio. And I'm actually going to give you the website because the... The URL has no logical relation to the name of the tool. The the URL is cateater.com, C-A-T-E-A-T-E-R. I believe that's the name of the company that makes it. So (laughs) Stop Motion Studio, it enables users to create stop motion videos, which are those videos that are made from a series of photos in which the items are moved just a little bit in each frame. So one really typical one is sort of the claymation, you know, where you've got the clay and you just kind of, you know, move it a little bit and it makes a a video. The, The app has features that in, in, they've got tools that help you to position objects so that if you know if something gets bumped, it can actually help you get it back to the where it was before. Um, they've got tools for adding titles and credits, some voiceover narration. It's got a green screen tool that lets you change the background. Um, and it also has a library of music clips and sound effects that you can add to the video. Um, I liked this tool. I mean, I've seen other stop motion video creators before, but this one's super highly rated. It's not free, but it's not expensive too. I'm, now I'm blanking on how much it costs, but I know when I looked at it, I thought, okay, that that wouldn't be that wouldn't break the bank for anybody. Um, I am including it because of the potential that it has for student work. 
We want to see our students writing for different purposes. We want them to write to entertain, to tell stories, to make compelling arguments, to inform. Many of these texts could just as easily be scripts for a short film, which would likely have more impact on an audience than a piece of writing. So putting together a short film seems like something that would really engage students, and a tool like Stop Motion Studio makes it possible for students to do that without ever leaving the classroom because they don't need vast sets. They don't have to get people to actually participate. They can do it with simple toys. They can do it with Legos. They can do it with Play-Doh and, and use that to actually tell stories or even teach about things. So I would just really like to see what, uh, what students could do with this tool. And it's simple enough, I think, that fairly young students could use it as well as, as older students. So that's called Stop Motion Studio. And tool number six is called Create Ability. Uh, and this is actually a collection of tools. As you may know, Google sort of has a reputation for giving lots of time and space to its employees to play around and try new things. And I think some of their most famous products have come out of, the, out of that time that, that uh, employees have had to just experiment and play around. So I think this has come out of that. Somebody at Google decided that they wanted to come up with tools that would make the arts more accessible to users with disabilities. So these tools are designed to make it easier for uh, people with disabilities to make music and art. So here are some examples. Um, there's a keyboard that you can play with your face, you can play it with your body, you can play it with the mouse, or even use the keys on the keyboard. There's another tool that's a canvas that you can draw on just by moving your face. Um, and then another tool called Body Synth that allows you to make music just by moving your body. So this appears to be an ongoing project. I think there are maybe just only like maybe seven or eight uh, little apps on this site. Uh, so I think probably more experiments are likely to be coming. But I thought it was really worth directing you over there now just to play around with what they already have up. I think that any student, regardless of the abilities that they have, will probably enjoy working with the tools because I, I had a lot of fun just playing around with them myself too. But I think it could be pretty incredible to see what students who have disabilities could do with them. Um, my guess is that there are some students out there who have been largely left out of the arts, uh, have been left out of music classes, have been left out of arts classes. Um, and, I, and I don't know why I'm guessing that. This may just be from working in schools, and I, I'm not exactly sure, but... Um, I think these tools could be pretty groundbreaking in terms of giving people opportunities to create um, using parts of their bodies that maybe the, you know, the, the original instruments were not designed for. Okay, so that is called Creatability. I cannot give you the URL because it's really long. <laughs> well, I can just say it if you're there. and you, It is called, it, the URL goes experiments.withgoogle.com slash collection slash creatability. I'd say just come to the website and come look at it because there's also a cool video that demonstrates how some of these tools work. Okay. Like I did last year, I am also going to do two 
extra tools that are honorable mention. And I probably should have mentioned that at the beginning of the episode. But if you're still hanging in there and you can see that there's more time left on the player, then hopefully you stuck around. There's two more. These are not part of the six tools, but I just think they're cool and I wanted to mention them. Okay, the first one is called Playmeo. And it is not actually a tool. It's more just a website. Um, This is a site that has a massive library of interactive team building games that you can have students play. So if you have ever sort of wanted to like, you know, look for an icebreaker or look for a team building tool, this is sort of somebody's decided they're going to just pull all these great ideas together. And they've done really a nice job with making it super user friendly. For every game, you get step-by-step instructions. And these are physical games that you play. So these are basically just instructions for playing physical games with your students. But you get step-by-step instructions um, that are written there on the site, or you can download them as a PDF. They'll have a video tutorial that actually shows people playing it, so you can see it in action. Um, And it also just gives some other ideas and tips for implementation. So it's just worth checking out if you are somebody who likes playing interactive games with your with your students. Um, some of them look like they could work with content, and others are just those types of fun games that are great. So if you do, you know, summer camps or anything like that, this would be a, a site to check out for sure. And they, they've got a free and a paid version. I think some of the games are sort of locked behind a paywall, but a lot of them are not. A lot of them are there for free. So it's worth checking out. It's called Playmeo, P-L-A-Y-M-E-O. The other one I just thought was cool. It's called Texting Story. So I don't know, maybe six months ago, I saw a video online that the video was basically two people texting back and forth. And you're sort of watching them going back and forth. And I just thought it was really neat. And it was kind of suspenseful at one part. And then I watched another one that was almost like a horror story. And I wondered how it was made. I found this app that's called Texting Story. It's just textingstory.com. Um, I'm guessing there are probably multiple apps that do this, but this is the one I found. Uh, apart from just being fun to play around with, I thought it would actually make a pretty interesting option for a writing assignment. If you sh- showed students this medium, which probably they've all seen it before, but actually make it an assignment, have them construct a, a story that has a typical story arc, but using this as the end product, I think you could get some pretty interesting results. I think it would make a good option anyway. So to quickly review, and then I'm gonna tell you a little bit more about where you can go to get the the guide. Number one is Floop, the feedback tool. Two is Goose Chase, the scavenger hunt. Three is IELRAD, the interactive tutorial maker. Four is Parlay, the discussion platform. Five is Stop Motion Studio for making stop motion videos. Six is Creatability, the suite of arts accessibility tools from Google. And then the two honorable mentions are Playmeo, the site for all of those different games, and Texting Story. So the Teacher's Guide to Tech 2020 is out. If you want to learn about more than just these eight tools and you want to learn about 350 plus more, then you can come over to the site and click over, or you can just go to teachersguidetotech.com and that will show you the different options because uh, I sell it on Teachers Pay Teachers and on a separate site. The separate site offers really good discounts for group licenses and you can also set up purchase orders and that sort of thing. So if you, I have whole schools that will buy licenses for this guide uh, for all of their teachers to use. So uh, all of those options are written down over on the site. If you just come over to cultofpedagogy.com, 
click on podcast and choose episode 136. You will see all of those options, plus links to all the tools I featured and videos that show them in action. To get a weekly email from me about my newest blog posts, podcast episodes, and products, sign up for my mailing list at cultofpedagogy.com slash subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. It is great to be back for 2020 and have a great day.